You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to another episode of First Bite, a midweek podcast emergency uh, OTA edition. Let's go with. Um, my name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the managing uh, editor in chief. Whatever. I'm whatever you want to call me. I'm a beat writer for the Detroit Lions for Pride of Detroit. Uh, coming uh, back from Allen Park today for the third. OTA, the last one of week one, the only one that was available to the media. So that's what we're here to talk to me, talk to you guys about. With me is Ryan Matthews right over there at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan, pull me out of this, uh, this tailspin. I, I can't I can't guarantee I can do that, but I am excited to hear what you have to bring back to us from OTAs. Yeah, um, let's let's just kind of jump right into that, because I, I have to imagine everyone's going to be eagerly awaiting um, what I have to say about every individual player. How does the rookie class look? How does, you know, Jared Goff look? All that sort of stuff. And I'm, I'm going to be straight with you up at the top. There's not going to be a lot of that kind of observations coming from me today. Um, the, the way they ran practice was a, a very kind of casual mood. Not a lot of things were being run at full speed. And when they did run at full speed, um, it was mostly individual drills. We really only got a a seven on seven full speed thing to 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 close out practice. And by my account, that was eleven total plays. So I have eleven plays worth of like real observations that I can give you. But then you also have to keep in mind they're not in pads. They're you know they're they're not necessarily in the position groups. There's no offensive or defensive line play in seven on seven. So in terms of like individual accomplishments, I'm not going to be given that much. But I do want to talk a lot about how the practice looked because night and day from Matt Patricia. No, I mean, you, you wouldn't even rec- like Matt Patricia would have hated this practice because and, and maybe he has something to it. But like there was no wasted time in the Matt Patricia practice. Between drills, everyone was sprinting. There was no time for rest. If you were if you were getting some Gatorade, it was while you were running to the next drill. This was so much more laid back, so much more chill, so much more. I, I, I don't even know what the, the right word for it, but it, it's just it's such a different feel. And you not only saw it on the field, but you heard it from the players. And th- maybe that's what we'll we'll transition to next, because we, we also heard from about five different players, um, all the coordinators and the head coach and the vibes. They're saying in positive vibes. Yes. That is that is what you felt from this practice is is that everyone was was having fun out there like that came up several times. Fun, 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 fun. And and again, like you can you can have you can create a good football team by being strict and being, you know, don't don't waste a second of the day and and be hard and all that sort of stuff. 
but you you also just I feel like I saw some Lions players for the first time today. Guys that have been here for three years. Mm-hmm. And I I, I the I think the, the most prime example is TJ Hawkinson. If you go back and you watch TJ Hawkinson's introductory press conference, and granted, you know, he's probably really nervous, he's probably really excited, first round pick, all that sort of stuff. He is such like a meek, like, just like nervous guy. And you, you watch him today and he's, I mean, he's just like grizzly faced guy looks like a lion, just like so relaxed and, and chill. And, and you hope that sort of stuff, you know, kind of rolls over to his play. Cause he he's he's being himself. He feels he looks more comfortable. He's smile. Everyone's smiling. Everyone is smiling, and, and so it's just it's a completely different vibe. It's it's fun. Um, Rod Wood was coming out shaking the media's hands, which I feel like never would have happened before. Um, it just it's just like uh, it was it was like I was covering a completely different team. It was weird. That's yeah. I, well, I, I guess you kind of uh, jumped you jumped in front of the question that I was going to ask you, but. Um... You know, I was going to ask you if there was like one instance that really stood out to you as being like, okay, this feels different. Like if yeah. there was one thing that happened during practice and like, I, I, I guess you kind of addressed it with the TJ Hawkinson thing. So um, is, is it cool if we kind of move on to some other things that happened in practice? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think the first thing on, on lines, Twitter's mind yeah. has to be Jelani to <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I think that has to be the first thing. Um, you know, we'll get to the Todd Gurley stuff here in a minute, but I think the Jelani Devai stuff is 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 a cause for talk. Sure. Not only has he he's dropped a ton of weight, apparently. Yep. Um, it sounds like he's excited to go back to a role that he feels much more comfortable with and a role that he played in college. Can you can you speak to any of that? Yeah, yeah. Um Aaron Glenn, I think, called it a, a stack linebacker and and, and Jelani Devai talked about it a little bit, which is yeah, I mean it it's basically what the lines philosophy now is with their front seven which is the front four front three or however many people are on the defensive line they're just blowing up gaps that's the responsibility it's not it's not to maintain gaps it's not to two gap it's just to be disruptive and the linebackers job is to kind of be patient don't run themselves out of a play and just literally stack right behind the line and and let the play come for them come to them and make plays and and yeah again Eric and glenn came out um I'm not sure if he was prompted or not, but high praise for Jelani Tavai, who he said dropped 17 pounds. Um, and, and just that alone, he said, you know, speaks volumes. Now, is that 17 pounds suddenly going to make him a, a, a speedier sideline to sideline guy? Probably not. It, Probably it, not. He'll, he'll be better. I mean, you're talking about literally losing 20, 21 pounds. I mean, there has to be some athleticism that comes with that. Um, but I think... I think the style play, like you said, it, it's what he did in college. He's going to be more comfortable. And again, like you can, you can tell like he's, he's happier. He's happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's generally kind of a happy guy. He's always kind of had a positive attitude, but um, you, you could tell, I mean, it's just little things that you, you see or hear in those press conference where it's just like, it's a very veiled shot at the, at the previous regime, but it's there. And you, you could really see it in, in any, um, any of the press conferences from today. And I don't think they were conscious decisions. I don't think these guys are trying to throw these guys under the bus, but you can just mm-hmm. see that they're in a happier place and, and you just hope that, that happiness leads to more comfortability and leads to better play. And, and with Jelani Tavai, I'm not yet ready to, to, to buy into all this stuff, but 
Um, he's he's clearly bought in, which is which is a big, big, big first step. Willing to do all of this, make all the sacrifices, and he joked about you know T.J. Hawkinson, you know waving desserts in front of him and and, and things <laughs> like that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, he's he's buying in. He's doing all he can to 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 be the linebacker that he that this regime wants him to be. And it's not, it certainly isn't his fault that that you know that wasn't his mo going into the pros. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge task to take on because I think I saw on Twitter that Tavai was as heavy as like 268 when he was playing under Patricia. Yep. I mean, that's a that's a big linebacker. And I mean, those are the kind of guys that Patricia needed in his scheme. So, I mean, kudos to to Tavai for, you know, doing the things that he needs to do in order to be successful in this regime. I think that, um, you know, Aaron Glenn said something along the lines of like that speaks volumes to like kind of like who he is as a player. Yep. Um, and, and that's, and that's great. And that's, that's, that those are the good things that you like to hear out of training camp. Obviously every Lions fan wants to take all of that with a grain of salt, but I think that you addressed it when it came to like, is he going to be a, all of a sudden a sideline to sideline linebacker who's, you know, dropping back into coverage and making incredible plays. Like, I mean, we've, we've seen a little to and we know that like, right. His football instincts and IQ sometimes are lacking, but then again, I mean, that can be another scheme thing. So, right. I'm a big believer. Yeah, I'm a big believer in second chances. So, I mean, in a new regime, you know, it's what everybody wanted to do with Jared Davis. So I feel like Jared Davis got a pass, like a big pass in a way that Johnny Tavai is not getting. Yeah. So maybe that's why, because we gave Jared Davis a a second and third and fourth chance and it didn't work out. (laughs) Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's interesting. He's at, I think, 247. and, And I think he said his goal is 245. And that's still kind of big uh, in terms of the kind yeah. of linebacker that they want on this team. So, yeah, you're, I mean, you're not going to get the the Derek Barnes, you know, sideline to sideline speed out of Tavai. That's just not not possible, I don't think, with with who he is as a as a player and, and his body type and all that sort of stuff. But I'm interested to see how it plays out because um, he, he's he's also just like a really affable guy that you, it's hard not to root for. And I know. Ultimately, a lot of people only care about the the performance on the field, and and mm-hmm. that's why Tavai is going to be playing with, um, you know, the weight of the entire city of Detroit on his shoulders. If you know, if he even make cracks the starting lineup, but to me, he's an easy guy to root for, and and it became even easier today after after listening to him talk. Yeah, I I, I want to ask you something else that you noticed um in your OTA notes, and that mm-hmm. was the cornerback pairings. Yeah, so. I mean, do you think that there's some smoke where there's fire? Do you think that it's a little bit too early to tell? But, I mean, you had Jeff Okuda, Quentin Dunbar paired together, Oruwarie, and Melifanwu. Do you think that there's anything to that, or do you think it's just early in OTAs? I mean, yeah, it is extremely early, but I think you do have to take note in, in you know, how they're entering the field, right? Like, you want a certain... I know it sounds weird that you want... Um, chemistry between cornerbacks that are literally on the opposite sides of the field and and don't cross each other that often. But um, that is something that I think teams are looking for at this point to see if there is that sort of chemistry. And the kind of weird, interesting note about that is, so that was noticed during seven on sevens and Okuda and Dunbar, they were playing against the number two and three offense while, while Oruarie and, uh, and, 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 uh, if if I to Melifanwu, yeah. they were going against Jared Goff. So hmm. um they're they're kind of like I mean, you would assume Okuda Dunbar is the one and Ifatu and, and Oruarie are, are the two, but you usually it, the reason I didn't make a lot of observations on the defensive side of the ball is because there's so much rotation. 
and you, you yeah. it 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 becomes muddled between you know who's first team who's second team but i did find it interesting that that Oruwarie and Ifatu Melifanu were playing against the quote unquote number one offense mm-hmm. yeah um maybe maybe the biggest thing i took away um from some of the things that were coming out of Allen Park today was just the attendance right mm-hmm. like i mean how many players were at a voluntary workout especially after the lions had mentioned you know earlier in the off season that they weren't you know they weren't going to be there until, you know, things got figured out when it came to COVID and whatnot. So did that help play into the whole, like, this feels different because I mean, look at all the guys that are just willing to be here to, to be around at OTAs or. Yeah. I mean, a little bit. Um, it, it certainly helped, you know, the kind of rah, rah, positive vibes attitude that, that Dan Campbell is, is trying to bring. How much of that is, is, is true. I don't know. I feel like, pretty much every OTA around the NFL is kind of going this way right now. Like, I feel like there isn't, there's no OTA that has 40 guys right now. Everyone, everyone is starting to show up and I don't necessarily think that's a a line specific thing, but I mean, 80, we were talking, you know, outside of injured players, I think 82 or 83 guys out of 90. Um, So we're talking over 90%. I do think some of the, the ones that didn't show are notable and maybe we want to talk about them a little bit. Um, but, um, Jamie Collins, not there. Um, I, I mean the, the, the most interesting one and, and maybe controversial one is Tyrell Crosby, right? Um, right. it doesn't feel like that's a coincidence considering all the trade rumors. Um, but I, I can't speak to it personally. I don't, I don't have inside sources that say there's a, there's a clash there. Um, but I mean, usually when you see like veterans, like, like Collins or, um, Brockers, you imagine those guys are just veterans that they're comfortable with what they're doing in the offseason. They don't feel the need to show up for OTAs. I don't think there's drama there, but Crosby, there could be. And uh, that's something we'll just kind of have to wait and see if, if he shows up for mandatory minicamp in a couple weeks. Yeah, for sure. Um, another thing. Let's just let's just get to it. Todd Gurley, can we make sense of this? No. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I was sitting with Jeff Risden today when, when the news broke. And of course, like everyone was just like trying to figure this out. And we were both just kind of scratching our heads because my first reaction was like, wow, they hated Carrion Johnson that much. Because when Carrion Johnson was, was waived, everyone was like, oh, they just believe in Jamar Jefferson. Well, that can't be true now, right? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we have to be careful not to react like he's signed to the lines because he's not signed to the right. lines yet it, i mean it, just it could, a visit, right just a yeah. visit yeah. yeah and so maybe they're just kind of i don't know doing their due diligence but um he was in the building today apparently another kind of weird thing that wouldn't have happened under the previous regime is is deandre swift just saying oh yeah i passed him today in the hallways it's just like oh, oh you are you allowed to say that to us i don't think you're allowed <laughs> to say that to us um but yeah it, it's i i don't quite get it um Maybe, maybe, maybe they just need a camp body. You know, there was um, one of the running backs. I can't remember his name. I should pull up my notes right here. Uh, Rakeem Boyd um, did not practice today. One of the the rookies, the undrafted rookies there. Maybe they need another body. But I mean, if you can find a body that isn't Todd Gurley. I mean, I don't know. Like, there, there's no sign that they're not happy with Jamal Williams, which would really be the only thing that makes sense. So, I mean, what is, and, and, and the other question, this is one Risden brought up to me, is like, how does this make sense for Gurley at all? Like, why does he want to be here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I, I, mean, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Well, so I think from maybe Gurley's standpoint, maybe there just isn't a whole lot of interest from other teams around the league. Yeah. 
And, you know, Brad Holmes is somebody who is obviously familiar with Todd Gurley from their their time spent in Los Angeles with the Rams. Um, I I guess the the initial reaction I had to it was trying to balance out the trying to balance out like what made sense and what didn't make sense because it was like Todd Gurley. It's like Todd Gurley. It's like, you know, it's not that Todd Gurley. It's like it's, you know, like last year's Todd Gurley that that we all saw. Right. Um. And and I think that maybe he brings a uh, you know and again just a visit, but if if he ends up signing with Detroit, it's a veteran presence. You know, I, I think that we there, there's a very young running back room. You know, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, Jamar Jefferson. I mean, Swift is a sophomore. Jefferson's a rookie, seventh round pick. Jamal Williams is the guy with the most experience in that locker room. He's I like mean, twenty six. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I mean. You know, I, I, I think I, I think the other sect of people who got kind of uh, in a tiff about it were, you know, oh, this is going to take away work from DeAndre Swift. It's going to take away work from DeAndre Swift. And it's like Todd Gurley is not going to eat into DeAndre Swift's carries like Adrian Peterson did. Like, right. I, I, I don't see that being an issue at all whatsoever. Um, but I think that that's people's perception is that it's like it's like, oh, it's Todd Gurley. It's like, no, it's not that Todd Gurley. Like, it's not right. the. It's not the former NFL should have been MVP. Like, you know, this is a much different running back. So I think, though, what Gurley's skill set could end up being is something similar to what they would have gotten with Carryon Johnson. Now, I know we heard so much about how good of a pass blocker Carryon Johnson is. Something that Todd Gurley is, you know, pretty good at, too. So, yeah. you know, you, you, you get a veteran, you get a guy you can maybe call on in a pinch. Uh, it could be really low risk, low, again, a visit, not even a contract offer. Right. So we don't even know any of the terms or anything if they're talking contracts or what but um i i mean i'm fine with it like if they bring in todd Gurley, like i'm not going to get upset and think that they're sacrificing an opportunity for deandre swift to get carries or touches right i mean i i'm not i'm not going to be thrilled of, of, about it if i'm if i'm being completely honest but this is the kind of signing that the last regime would have made instead of jamal williams right like right. if jamal williams yeah. wasn't here they would bring todd Gurley back you know, here to be RB two because I'm, and I think that's what's scaring people, right? Like we brought in Adrian Peterson, we brought in CJ Anderson, we brought in LeGarrette Blunt, same mm-hmm. kind of guy. We're doing like repeating the same thing over and over again, and it's not working. It's not working. And if that's what Todd Gurley is being brought in here to do, and I think we can all agree that's absolutely not what's happening. They like Swift. They sure. I mean, if if you watch that or read that Athletic article about Jamal Williams and and what um uh. Anthony, Anthony Lynn, Lynn thought thought about him like RB one RB two is is more like RB one A RB RB one B, and mm-hmm. so and and that's where the confusing part comes in is like does Gurley really want to be here to be RB three like a clear RB three? I mean, I guess if he's okay with it, if if Dan Campbell can go in there and, and work his charm and convince him like, hey, you're not going to be our guy, you're not going to be the guy behind the guy, but you're you're going to be the guy behind the guy that's behind the guy, and and <laughs> being on some third downs like. I don't know. I mean, we, we know Campbell is a, is, is a charismatic guy, but that seems like a tough sell to a guy like Todd Gurley. Well, I, I think, too, though, Jeremy, like all those names that you just listed off, LeGarrette Blunt, C.J. Anderson, um, Adrian Peterson, when those guys came in, they were like clearly going to probably be RB2. I think the Lions have an RB one and an RB two, so th- that's yeah. So I, I, I'm I'm I wouldn't be concerned at all if if Todd Gurley yeah. came in because I, I clearly the Lions are they're they're putting players on the roster that make sense in the here and now, 
and they have some players that are building blocks. And I don't think they're going to sacrifice all of the goodwill and um, kind of like the the positive vibes that they've yeah. been, you know, putting together. They're not going to do that and, and sacrifice that just for somebody like Todd Gurley. So um, any I have to say this, though, any one player that stood out to you, any one player, maybe like a single play or anything like just give it's, somebody give somebody something to talk about <laughs> tomorrow at the water cooler. I mean, this this is not going to be a crowd pleaser. And, and it, it's simply because I feel like they spent a good we, we only got basically an hour. And I feel like at okay. least 20 minutes of that was devoted to special teams and something very specific on special teams, which was downing a punt inside the 10 yard line. So the gunners got a lot of work. And if there's a guy that stuck out, like gunner talk, who cares about special teams and gunners? But, <laughs> uh, Mike Ford. Um, looked extremely okay. comfortable. He he was he was killing it. And then the funny thing is, there was one like live full speed rep, and he got the first reps doing it, and the ball slipped through his hands into the end zone for a touchback. So like, I was I was all ready to like make a full observation about him and give him a whole bunch of praise, and then like the live rep he screws up. But um, <laughs> I, I, we should talk about Jared Goff a little bit. The weird thing about it, and and we saw it in the highlight reels from from Monday or Tuesday or whatever day one was, didn't throw anything downfield. The entire practice, whether it was individual drills or the seven on sevens, just did not throw downfield. And I don't know if that's a sign of things to come in terms of what this offense is going to be like. I don't know if that's protecting him from the media. I don't know if that's, um, you know, something that there's building up to. We, we don't need that. There, like there wasn't any one V ones wide receivers versus corners. We didn't see those mm-hmm. drills. We basically saw seven on sevens and we saw just golf throwing to wide receivers running routes with with no defense. And so um, I, th- I thought he was very accurate the entire day. Um, there was one mix up um, during seven on sevens where he threw a, a seam route to, to TJ Hawkinson, um, not in the vicinity of him. So there, there was some sort of miscommunication there. Um, but to me, it looked like a, a, a professional quarterback. It, again, it, it's really hard to tell when, when I'm literally working on a, a sample size of 11 um and and even then you know no offensive defensive line but um no no reason for concern yet (laughs) well i mean that's good news um you know there there was one other interesting thing i wanted to talk about from uh from this day of otas and it was uh special teams coordinator dave fit uh i mean it seems like the punt return competition is wide open who were who were the guys back there and uh was there anybody who seemed to stand out or no um, no, because again, it was mostly just downing punts. Um, okay. so, so they, they were fair catching. And, uh, as far as I could tell, no one muffed a kick or anything like that. So, um, really hard to tell. Um, so Khalif Raymond, I think is generally kind of thought of as the, the leader in the club clubhouse has the most experience at the NFL level doing it. Um, the other guys that are in the mix right now, D'Angelo Amos, um, the undrafted rookie, Amonra St. Brown. Um, Victor Bolden and Tom Kennedy. Tom Kennedy didn't practice today, but um, um, Dave Fipp did say that he was kind of in the mix, which also leads you to believe that Tom Kennedy is there, um, just injured at this point or dealing with something. Yeah. Any confirmation whether or not Victor Bolden's a wide receiver or running back? (laughs) I believe he's a wide receiver, (laughs) despite the fact that, yeah, he was labeled as a running back on the, uh, the photo gallery of day one. Okay. Um, another maybe cause for concern for some Lions fans, especially the 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 deep the deep Lions fans, Mulbeck. It's a competition, right? That's what Phipps said. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, he compared it to um, 
I think someone else compared it to the quarterback situation, right? They didn't bring in any extra quarterbacks during OT or during rookie minicamp because they know the guys that they want. They know the guys that are in the competition. Um, so the fact that there is a, a long snapper on the roster says at least to him, and, and obviously he didn't have a, a, a choice in the matter in terms of quarterback, but um, he just said, you know, if they're here, they're competition. And so we're not yep. going to we're not going to hand the job to him. Um, there's there's a kicker batter battle going on as well. There's not a punter battle. We know who's going to win the punter battle. But, yeah, he, he said he viewed everything as, as a competition. And he did say, like, listen, I've spent the last couple months learning who Don Muleback is. He's an incredible person. He's got a great career. He's going to be very hard to beat. But everything right here is a competition right now. So. Um, I can't tell you who's winning the long snapper battle at OTAs yet um, by by my and it's even hard to tell what are first team reps and what are second team reps during punt um, reps. But I, I have to imagine that he's still Mulebeck is still the, the heavy favorite there. I mean, that definitely does alleviate some of my anxiety. But at the same time, how many off seasons are we going to do hashtag long snapper watch? <laughs> I feel like we've done it every year since like 2017. It, yeah. They many many have tried. All have fallen. Sorry, oh. sorry, Stephen Word, <laughs> Wordles of the world. Oh, Jimmy Landis. R.I.P. He had um, the clearest route as a draft pick. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, I don't think I have anything else uh, on my notes that I'm. We'll we'll answer some questions to our live audience, but I think we'll wrap up the podcast uh, broadcast there. Um, if you want to listen to more, um, you can you can watch this on replay. Uh, on our Twitch and YouTube channels, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit, YouTube slash C slash Pride of Detroit, um, or you can read our notes on prideofdetroit.com. But until next time, for Ryan Matthews, I'm Jeremy Reisman. Thank you for listening. It's chaos. Be kind. Be kind.